Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the universe when it's complete. When there are so many stars that there is no space between them. You lay on your back in the grass and look up at the night sky and it looks like a beach of diamonds. It stretches on, so far and forever that wherever you look, there's a star. No room for darkness. But the universe is not done. It is still growing, still being built. Let's do something about that. Welcome to the Sky Machine. She didn't know how it got on board, nor why it was here, but now it was dead at her feet. It had left a gash in her thigh and bruises across her ribs, but she'd defeated it. It was dead. She could smell it. And if she could, soon others would as well. Mari grabbed it by one of its slimy green mandibles and began to heave it from the patchwork metal hallway into her apartment. When one of its arms caught on the doorway, she placed a hand on its shoulder and snapped it back at a sharp angle, wincing at the sound. She dragged it the rest of the way inside and dumped it in a heap in the middle of the cramped room. She clamped a hand over the stinging wound in her leg. For a moment, she stood in the middle of the room, struggling to breathe. With each breath, she retched at the creature's odor, sour and visceral. She cursed and limped to the vast window at the other end of the room, and pulled back the floor-length curtains with shaking hands. Beyond, she revealed a sea of eyes in the dark abyss. Space as far back as she could see and much further still. Mari pulled a metal cover from the windowsill, revealing a long hidden panel of buttons. She hit one. With a low, puttering whir, a circle in the middle of the floor spun open like the lens of a camera. A dusty and faded chair rose from the opening, knocking her coffee table on its side in the process. The chair thudded into position, tilted back, and began to glow a faint blue. Her breathing quickened with every action and she balled her hands into tight fists. As hair began to fall in her eyes, she tied it back, wiping the sweat from her forehead. The creature on the ground was motionless. Mari wondered how long it would be till the rest of them could smell it, and what they would do when its scent led them to the refugee station. She sat in the chair, exhaled a sharp breath, and flicked two switches on the right arm. She heard a clunk and a rush of air as the locks keeping the apartment in place began to release. And just as they did so, the door to the room opened. Jenna took one step into their apartment and froze as soon as she saw the chair. Mari looked at her with eyes wide for a moment before she leapt up, shaking her head. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you have to go. She began to push Jenna back out of the room, biting her lip to keep from crying. 
Mari, what in hell are you doing? She looked down and saw the blood flowing from Mari's wound. Holy shit, are you okay? Jenna looked past her into the room and saw the insectoid creature splayed in the middle of their apartment. Mari faltered. I have to get rid of it, she said. You know what will happen if the others catch its scent. Jenna frowned, staring at the corpse splayed across her floor, and slowly began to nod. We need to act quickly then. She strode to the chair, sat down, and started punching commands into it. Whoa, no, no way! You are staying here! Jenna said nothing and flicked another switch. Mari put a hand on her arm, attempting to persuade her from the chair. There's no point in us both risking our skins. Jenna paused and looked up at Mari, who was shaking and breathing hard. Honey, don't even try. For a long moment, they just looked at each other. They breathed in unison, having a silent conversation, holding each other in a mental embrace. Mari's face was wet with tears while Jenna's was set with purpose. They took each other's hands, squeezed, and set to work. Jenna turned back to face the window, opened wide to reveal the dark beyond. She prodded a sequence of commands into a panel in the chair, and a glowing blue screen unfurled across the glass. Her face was lined with concentration and an unshakable determination. Oxygen shield engaged. Mari darted to their couch, wincing at the sting from her wound. She picked up their cat, rousing him from his nap, and cradled him as she walked to the door. I'm sorry, Tugger. You be a good boy now. She kissed the top of his head, tears matting his fur. I love you, baby. She closed the door, leaving him alone in the corridor. Isolated gravity engaged. The room began to fill with a metallic hum and the whir of a machine that had sat dormant too long. As the room began to jostle to life, the furnishings that had made the ship their home fell away like peeling wallpaper. Mugs fell from their shelves and shattered on the metal floor. Slowly, the soft glow of their fairy lights was drowned out by a growing patchwork of colourful monitors. As if the walls were made of stained glass, their modest home was bathed in multicoloured light, system diagnostics, and external environment checks. And at its peak, Velocity wave engaged. With a horrible screech of metal and a blast of energy behind them, their ship was propelled forward, leaving the vast space station behind it. Mari and Jenna gripped desperately onto the chair. The creature's body went flying and slammed into the back wall. Its odor was still heavy in the air. Jenna hit a switch in the chair and they all collapsed to the ground. Turbulent stabilization engaged. Mari cried out as she shifted her leg and they lay for a minute, recovering. How far can we get before they catch it? Jenna asked, helping Mari to her feet. She braced her hands on her knees and breathed heavily, hair clinging to her sweaty face. Mari lifted her head and walked to the monitor in the wall by their fridge. Well, there wasn't much Novolo left in her when we arrived, and we didn't have a reason to top it up, so... She scratched her chin, reading the numbers flying across their walls. Looks like she's only lost a bit to vacuum transference in the 70 years that she's been docked. I reckon we can make one six-minute jump. Will that be enough? Jenna asked. If they're not looking for the station, hopefully that distance will stop them picking it up on short-range sensors. Hopefully. Jenna frowned. Guess it's our best shot, she said, clenching and unclenching her hands. Mari nodded and began putting their trajectory into the ship's interface. Jenna looked at the creature. It was fading from green to a sickly blue, and some of the spines along its claw had begun to wither and drop to the floor. She studied its eyes, 
They were dark and faceted. She tried to imagine what the world looked like through them. Somehow, she imagined space would be even more beautiful. Ready? Mari called from the chair. Jenna walked up beside her and put a hand on her shoulder. Do it. ES Hypertunnel Engaged Before the window, space began to twist and fall in on itself. The darkness contorted like water down a drain. The colours of the stars were stretched and amplified till all that could be seen was piercing white light. And there they stood. It felt as if they were stuck in stark nothingness, completely silent and stationary. Their minds too slow to visualise a speed they were never built to reach. Mari tried to call out to Jenna, to assure her they'd be fine, but when she tried to speak, her voice was swallowed by the silence. They clung to the empty starlight for six minutes, until swirling through the bright white came colour like confetti, and then grey, and then black, and a colour that was even darker still. In a sudden rush of sound, movement and light, the world returned around them. They clung to each other, floating in their tin can in busy space. And holding onto each other, they looked up and out their window, at a ship that shuddered and pulsed, filling their vision and making them seem like a moon in its orbit. Supplementary Anthropod Gluon Cruiser Detected I think they found us, Mari said. Jenna smirked. You don't say. What do we do? Mari asked at a whisper. I guess we wait. Mari frowned and clenched a fist. Screw that. She made her way to the chair. I have a cat to get home to. Jenna laughed. The runaround then, Jenna said. You betcha, replied Mari. A long runaround. They looked at each other. Just to be safe. Jenna heaved the body of the creature into what had been their pantry. She slammed the door shut and hit a switch on a nearby monitor, jettisoning the corpse into space. Velocity wave engaged. Hold tight, babe. Mari yelled as brilliant light began to colour the inside of their home. This is going to be like in Wonderful, where they both don't know who started last. And I'm going to go first. You're going to go first? Great. I like to draw on songs and music for inspiration a lot of the time, so I have a song I'd like to propose today. Actually, two songs. Ooh. One of the songs is for the kind of story itself that we'd be focusing on, and the other one is to kind of set the aesthetic of the world that it would be set in. Oh, cool. So, a lot more of a specific idea than last time. Should we start with the world song first like i think i want to go with this the story, story first song. yeah so uh the song is bell bottoms by the john spencer blues explosion this is 
Sounds like amazing nonsense. I found it from Baby Driver. Oh, oh okay. That's a good song. I've heard it then. Yeah, it's in the Discord, so if you haven't heard it, you can go find a link to it there. So you can start to build the image in your mind while you're listening to the song. The idea for this one is Neon Cyberpunk Space Pirates. I'm just gonna write that down. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I could literally picture some of the people singing that as characters in this band. Kind of thinking Firefly, but neon and more pirate aesthetic than mm, cowboy. Yeah, absolutely. I could for sure see that. Um, the first vibe that I got was the game Borderlands. Um, Borderlands 3 just came out. I haven't played it, but looks really cool. And I've always loved the aesthetic um, of like the kill or be kill world. And it's very like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but just like really over the top and uh, extreme. It's just sort of a, and I know you've said just then the pirates instead of cowboys, but like the similarity that pirates and pirate stories and cowboy stories have is that like, you know, it's it's very brutal and stuff, but it's also like extremely over the top and like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of blood and gore, but it's like, that, that doesn't mean reality. That means like extreme um, restraints. Um, lim the limitations are uh, beyond the normal. Mm -hmm. um, and that was sort of the vibe I was getting. Um, I also had like immediately was like, this is a casino heist. Like yeah, a, like I, a big I feel heist like, sort of thing. Yeah, totally. Like that song feels like it's playing in the background of a heist. Yeah, I... or yeah, like a shootout in somewhere really fancy. Mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's in Baby Driver, so yep. chase scenes and yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like a chase scene. Yeah, um, it's really good. Then I've got another song which more kind of I think sets the aesthetic of the world how I picture it. Cool. Mostly the music video that goes with it. Okay. Um, Starlight Brigade by, I think. It's pronounced Twerp. Oh yeah, um, I haven't actually yet. Uh, people just say Tubboy Remix Party because that's what it's short for. Um, I haven't actually listened to the song. Um, and I yeah, the get music, to introduce music you video. to it. I've seen it so many times in my YouTube suggested, so I'm like, oh, I'll get to it. Here we go. And this is why. Yeah, so it's um. Tubboy Remix Party, Starlight Brigade. Yeah, that's it. Um, there's a link in the Discord. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's mostly the the aesthetic of the video that I really like because the song is a story already so I didn't want to build a whole world around yeah, that yeah but yeah let's listen to it go fantastic <laughs> so good I just love the, the aesthetic so fantastic that was so cool uh, yeah I don't know why I avoided watching it I was like something in me was like no don't watch that yet um, that's so cool. It's, and this is why. Yeah, this is exactly why, so that I could have this cool moment of, like, fresh inspiration. Mm -hmm. um, it weirdly ties to both of my ideas. Yes! <laughs> so we might get... Brilliant! Thanks for the clap. I'm oh. sure everyone enjoyed that. I'm, it's gonna pain me yeah, the most. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna be <sighs> some cosmic karma a little bit later. Um, Dang it. I, um... I feel the hate from my future self already. <laughs> My, um, yeah, so both of my ideas, it's, I feel like, yeah, we're going to get the same thing as, um, Belladonna, where Great. we combined a bunch of yeah, you, ideas. Yeah, now you go. Okay, so, oh, jeez, I don't know which one to start with. Okay, so the first idea that I thought of that it tied to was my second idea. But then I, as we went on, I was like, oh, this is totally the same as my first idea. Um, I feel like I'm going to talk about the first idea first, because it's first. We just finished watching 
the Steven Universe movie. Literally like half an hour ago. Yeah, not long ago. <laughs> and I have always been fascinated in Steven Universe with the Empire, the gem... Mm. What do they call themselves? The, just the gem empire? Is it just the... So. Yeah, the, the gems. Yep. Um, the empire. That's what they should call themselves. <laughs> with the concept of a like a race of semi-sentient constructs, like they talk about in one of the songs in the movie, it's like a point that comes up often is that Steven is a new life form who can feel and learn. Mm. Um, and they it's, grow. Yeah, yeah, grow is, is one of the words, yeah. Um, the idea of a race that is expanding like a blight on the universe because they are unfeeling Oh. Like unemotional entities. I'm gonna jump in right now with um <laughs> with Stargate. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna spoil like all. Anyway, it's not really a spoiler. There's um a race called the Replicators. Right. Which were engineered and they just can take on the shape of different mm, life forms and mm. stuff like that. And they do not feel, do not have emotion. They just spread. It's a huge sci-fi idea. It's because it, it it's like absolute evil. Mm. You know, it, it is a. It's like harkens back to survivalism, uh, survival of the fittest and stuff like that. Um, so that was my first idea, mm-hmm. and it's just essentially like a, a that that could be in the music video. You know, they have that the black ships, and he finds the the black ship, and yeah. they, they're weird geometric. You know, there's no depth to those characters that are mm-hmm. established. They're just like straight up evil, and they have they're faceless uh, except for the single eye that they have. Um, but just that same idea of like something like the the gems who are a construct race that is like a blight on the the world. Yeah, see, I, I tend to um, try to steer away from having enemies that are just evil. Of course, I, that's that's why I was like it was my starting step because yeah. I was like that's cool, and I'm like, what about you know messing around with perspective? Like we we tell it from understanding these characters mm. um, would be interesting, I don't know. Yeah, so, no, but like having having that idea of they are quote-unquote evil because yeah. they have not been programmed with emotions or something like yes. that, that is a good enough reason to make them just evil for yeah, me because for sure. it, uh, it's an alignment that can then be ma- manipulated, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, that was my second one, is it's just like a, like a resource gathering, expanding, I'm sort of thinking it like a virus, and I don't want to mean that in like Ooh. the negative sense, but it's just like, you have, um, and it's a very common thing in, in, in sci-fi, I think, like a, a race that exists to propagate, and so they just like expand mm-hmm. outwards, gather resource points, and like, blah blah blah, move on and make themselves stronger, and I was like, that could be a cool starting point. Mm-hmm. That was my first idea. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a second idea? I do have a second idea. Please go on. My second idea is from a Tumblr post that I found on Pinterest. Thanks for adding yourself as a, not a true fan. Yeah. As a as a loser mm-hmm. gets their mm-hmm. memes from Pinterest. Pinterest. Pinterest is just Tumblr but filtered. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the the blog is called Ants Are Fascinating. And they are, they are, because of this following thing. <laughs> because of many reasons. So my second idea is based on a fact about ants, which I think is really cool, and I'm going to quote it here, and I'm going to also, the the post itself, or at least the Pinterest copy of the post, is in the Discord. When ants die, a few days later they emit a laic acid, which tells the living ants to dispose of their corpse. 
A myrmecologist named Ed Wilson discovered this and dropped the chemical on a living ant. It was immediately carried off despite the fact that it was still moving and clearly not dead. Wow. So, and I mean, the post then continues. Um, uh, someone else called Lasers and Paradox. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Appropriate. Yeah. Said, um, you left out the part where the ant, believing herself to be dead, stayed in the self-imposed exile in the ant graveyard until the acid wore off and she realised she was not supposed to be in the ant graveyard. That's a mood. It's like... We've all been there. <laughs> like, I think... No, I'm, I'm dead. Yeah, wow. I'm dead. Wow. Um... <laughs> um... Yeah, so... I don't know, some kind of something maybe we could somehow combine all four yeah, of I our think ideas i think we're leaning into sci-fi here so um, maybe maybe some kind idea. of creation some mm. some kind of um something that i don't know it just convinces people that you're dead i don't know <laughs> uh, this um, needs to be tweaked but there's, there's an episode of um hannibal mm -hmm. so i've been slowly working my way through hannibal where the um the killer i guess the, you know every episode deals with like a different killer is a woman who has a condition where she thinks that she's dead um and like she thinks she's a ghost or just a dead body she doesn't know she's alive i think is is, is more the idea she's not sure if she's alive she has like facial facial dysphagia so she can't differentiate people's faces Mm -hmm. um, and whether or not they're alive, and uh, so she is a bit gory, tries to remove their faces to see if it's a mask, um, and it's like she has a lot of stuff going on, but just the, 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 she has no, she doesn't feel pain or anything, because she's not convinced she's alive, um, is a interesting. really interesting concept. Yeah, because I mean, technically, pain is just a brain yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just a... So the idea that you can just believe hard enough and yeah. turn off that chemical production. Yeah, absolutely. Weird. That's... Okay, those are some cool bases. Um, I have my second one as well, mm -hmm. and I'm going to open my phone and look at it. There is a game that I love. Mm -hmm. Big nerd today. Um, really? Yeah. Mm. Um, Shadow of the Colossus. Do you know about it? Have Only I mentioned it before? You. Yeah, okay, I've mentioned it before. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast as well. So, the idea that I love about Shadow of the Colossus is it's this very um, empty world. Um, that is very full of feeling. It's like it uses open space and emptiness to give you the sense of awe and scale, especially with the fact that you're fighting huge creatures. This is that one that you showed me that video about where they searched for 10 years about the This is exactly secret. the one, yes. Awesome. I did. I, that's the only video I've ever seen about it, and I love it. Yep, so. yep, yep. Yeah, so the, the video in, in question, we'll find it and put it in the it's Discord. It's in the Discord right now. It's in the Discord right now. My mother is calling me, but I'll get her back to her later. Um, is, um, but it's essentially talking about how they spent, um, lots and lots of, Alicia's giggling about the fact that I'm ignoring my mother. I love her deal. No, 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 no. I was just looking at the name. Oh yeah. The old Len. Her name's Leanne, but I don't know why it's that. Um. <laughs> you don't know why it's Leanne? Oh. No, why it's the old Len. I know why it's Leanne no, on account of her mother named her that. Um, people usually call her Lenny. Anyway. Yeah, the idea that people were convinced that there were hidden secrets in Shadow of the Colossus, which there were, but they were convinced that there was more, and there, there was like this forum post that went on for 10 years of people trying to find the 
secrets of Shadow of the Colossus, doing all of these special things at special times and, and stuff like that to work out secrets. Mm. Which were never there. Mm -hmm. um, but um, huge monsters as well is, yeah. is being Shadow of the Colossus. It's one little guy, I think his name is Wanda, um, fighting, I know, fighting these huge, huge stone and moss creatures, um, finding weak points on them, climbing all over them. Um, and I'm also using as inspiration uh, another anime film, because mm -hmm. apparently I'm a weeb. I don't think I am, because I don't like anime, but I used to watch it, some of it. Anyway, it's called Children Who Chase Lost Voices from Deep Below, which is the most ridiculous title. Mm -hmm. And it's um, kind of about like the world, the underworld, which is like from before time, and there are these massive creatures living there, and um, yeah, so I guess big creatures and like not a post-apocalyptic wasteland, but like it's the fringes of humanity. It's it's like that that distant future that like again, Studio Ghibli, um, Nasco, the Valley of the Wind, because I'm just coming back to that. Um, it just keeps coming up in my head. Um, uh, what I have written down is a magic blasted wasteland. So I guess you have Ooh. sort of the um, uh, like Breath of the Wild um, uh, Adventure Time sort of vibe going on with it's very strange um and there are there's just these big creatures uh, also at the start of um starlight brigade mm. he is in like he seems to be he and his oh, the old fellow that he lives with i assume a relative um are the only like life forms in this like the remnants of this town mm. um and that sort of vibe where we have like i guess also the the fact that in the dark crystal there are only like a few dozen Gelflings, seemingly. Mm. There aren't many. Like, it's 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 a very small society. Yeah. Like, small societies is a big thing as well. Um, but yeah, there are a few ties in between all of these concepts. Um, so what do you think? About that idea? Or no, all, all of them. It could be interesting to try and tie them together. I think we pick a figurehead. Yeah? yeah? Okay. Okay, I think it's definitely a neon cyberpunk space pirate situation. Mm -hmm. Maybe just Neon Cyberpunk and Space Pirate is a subsidiary of that? Yeah, I think I... I... I like more of the aesthetic of the world, the Starlight Brigade yep. vibe to it, yep. over the top of the pirate thing. Maybe maybe there are force that's in the background that has influenced Absolutely. something else, yep. but they a, might a, be a the faction. leader of this yeah. story. Do you know you know Voltron, right? I've heard of... Yeah. Not yeah. seen plenty of cosplays, yep. not TV actually shows, seen it. It's okay. I watched the first season and a half. It's fine. Okay. Um... But that is the same vibe. I also actually, the start of my inspiration for Shadow of the Colossus was 80s cartoons or 80s mm -hmm. fantasy movies and I stuff think, like that. Yeah, 80s that's sort of the vibe that we're going for. Okay, yeah, that, you I know, like that's a, obviously a huge inspiration for mm -hmm. Top Boy Remix Party and Dan yeah. Abadan. They all mm -hmm. grew up in that era and love mm -hmm. all of those things. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, so sort of like, um, what's that one called? The Never Ending Story. Like, that vibe was what I was going for at first. And then I was like, oh, kind of the vibe that Shadow of the Colossus has. Mm -hmm just this i don't know i guess it's hard to define but like people don't die per se you know I, it's it's like it's very there are other consequences there it's, mm. it's i don't know um that's just an idea i'm toying around with okay so we've kind of got this like we've got the kind of world yep tone yes the tone of the world tone of the world we is need definitely established to narrow it some... down to something all right um so we... i mean we could use the same uh, like ant idea. I think we could tie that in with your kind of barren, yeah, waste, like, wasteland kind yeah. of thing somehow. Mm. 
Um, maybe we could look at it more as there's like a space kind of wasteland like a blight. Where, yeah. where there are wrecks of spaceships yeah. Yeah. littered everywhere, space stations, like mm -hmm. a Bermuda Triangle in space. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's okay. So it's centered around this planet or cluster of planets, like a system maybe that is uh, the like yeah, like a Bermuda Triangle or like a um, uh, what do they call it? The dead zone between. Um, uh, war fronts or something like that. This is the Ooh, yeah, nice. the okay. like layover planet. I feel um, is it mid war? Is it after the war? Probably after. I think it's the, yeah. it's the remnants of an ancient war. It feels very quiet. And yeah. Then... Yeah. Like I think Firefly is a good touchstone. Yeah, I I agree. That's a, a nice. That's the feeling. Yeah. Not it necessarily is... the aesthetic, but the it's got that feeling. I I like the idea of. This place is empty, but because of the past that's been there, it feels loud, yeah. even though it's yeah, yeah. quiet. It's um, it's like the inhabitants there are aware that all of the objects around them that they're like scavenging off of, like Rey in Star Wars, mm. you know, yep. are from an ancient war. But unlike Rey in Star Wars, they don't care what it is. Yeah, it's like, oh, this this has been here forever mm. and we just use it mm -hmm. this is the the big metal thing that you go in to get the chips out of we live in a hollowed out bomb exactly uh that is the the vibe whereas it's sort of like you know in parts of firefly they're not concerned about the political structure it's just like no we're just smuggling and that's mm. the problem we're dealing with now yeah. other times it's like oh we're dealing with the um the reavers and mm. and how that's related to the mm. empire and we're getting river out of there and whatever mm. I, I like maybe no human species. I think that's yep. interesting. Could be really interesting. Like just lots of wild Mutants stuff. And, and Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's, maybe it's there cool. were humans, yep. but not anymore. Yeah. Uh, either any any hum like very much thinking Cassandra in Doctor Who. Yeah. Like there were humans, but at this point they've um, they've slept with everything else. They've bred <laughs> the human out of them. Yeah. No. No more. Yeah. No humans left. Mm. No humans left. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. Not I think, do we want to center all the stories on and around this planet or system? I feel like it could be cool to have like a, a hub of, cool. of ideas and like things moving in and out. Even like, I don't know, the word refugee comes to mind, some kind of refugee hub. That's cool. That's actually I, really cool. Um, maybe... It does make it difficult having like an isolated thing, but if the whole world is isolated then that's your whole story, right? It's not like this planet is, or this system, whatever planet is, anyway, this place is away from the action. Mm. This is the height of populace, you yeah. know. No one else is anywhere mm. of importance. There is this one place where they do have technology, they do have stuff, but it's all ancient remnants, things mm. left over, um, and it's stories like, uh, you know, your classic, like, anime thing of them uncovering some sort of ancient tech and it's mm. like now I have a mech and I'm 11 you know that sort of vibe so I'm um, I don't know I'm thinking thinking of ways to try and tie this ant thing into it yes um, and I was thinking I don't know maybe these people don't live inside this kind of Bermuda Triangle area but they all live just outside and maybe something there's I don't know some kind of well, a, re a resource to get there but I assume like I, it would be a way to reason to enter it, going with your. I, don't know, I was even thinking maybe there's, there's some something left over from the aftermath of this war, some kind of radiation that's contained within this Bermuda Triangle. That when you enter it, if you leave, people think you're dead. 
That's maybe you think you're dead. I don't know. Or maybe someone leaves it and suddenly, and they're still okay, but everyone thinks they're. I don't know. Well, in Firefly, they have like the you've seen the um, the film, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've seen Serenity. They have they spoilers um, for a show that came out ten years ago. Um, they when they find out what the Reavers are and mm. how it's the plague that like mm. affected people and turned mm. them monstrous. It's sort of a similar thing. Like, is that what you're? Is that kind of what you're talking about? There's also in um, Haviland Tough by George R. R. Martin, there's a, a planet that he goes to which has a plague star. Mm. Um, and he's like, that's not a thing. It's like, well, when the star's out, um, people get sick and die. So it's a plague star. Okay. Mm. I've just had another idea. Instead, yeah. Um, what, yeah, actually, kind of ignoring my last idea. What if, yeah, there are all these these people um, are living in, in, um, in hovels in the ruins of this war and some kind of plague starts spreading through this giant kind of refugee camp where people just start dying Mm. but they're not actually dying they're just people just see them and they see them dead but Mm. it's perception that's really interesting i think that could be something interesting okay so we want to have like this is the you know the premise of an ancient war maybe one of the factions in the war was this insectoid construct race if we Mm. want to combine those two ideas and this is like a biological weapon that Mm. they had stored and someone has activated it Mm. or one of the factions in this world has used it for some purpose um i think we're we're almost treading on territory that's close to belladonna which is which is tough it's going to be tough when we're like threading that line between settings that have similar ideas but I think the the theme of the world is a lot more positive yeah. than Belladonna. Yeah, it feels a bit a bit more triumphant. You know, they're gonna win. Yeah. In Belladonna, they're not. No, it's doomed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In this setting, they're gonna find the cure. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, it'll take several hundred years or lots of different stories culminating, cul- culminating, culminating into a survivable way of life. Mm. Um, that's a just sorry you just pointed that out and I, I find that really interesting in this story that's bright and neon lots of colors it'll turn out okay in Belladonna black and white noir it yeah, won't yeah. like just that yeah even that simple the, difference the color palette yep, yep, um, yep predicts yep. the ends of the story absolutely well it would be atonal if this bright neon happy lots of very perfect shapes um setting everyone died and we're gonna do that one and day we're gonna do that one day yeah <laughs> but we're starting off easy yeah easy and readable mm-hmm. okay this is cool let's start talking about some of the facts some of the like, okay let's 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 fine-tune it what was this war i think it was do we need to know no i think we we don't need to know in the fullness we only need a certain few mm. pegs that tie it down i don't even feel like it was that ancient a war maybe mm. 50 100 years ago yeah uh, and i think having it fresh enough for people to remember the horror of it makes it Make it's that environment more feel more yeah. harrowing. Yeah, for sure. Um, make make uh, like uh, the desperation of these people to survive um, in their um, in this like kind of refugee camp just that much more yep. serious. If it was refugee recent. planet, I guess, which is yeah. like, such a cool idea. I don't even. Yeah, sorry. I um. No, please. I, 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 or a, I don't necessarily picture a planet. More like, like a, a space station. Yeah, that's just, just kind say. of like like it was built just out of nothing it yeah. just slowly got yeah. bigger like someone will trash space station. someone will crash their ship into it and just kind of that just yeah. builds well, 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 you, you dock a ship on it and then they just like build metal out so another, that that ship is yeah, yeah. and then another <laughs> ship docks and yeah i like that it's like um it's like a uh 
a barge made out of rafts and boats mm. and stuff like that, but in space. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, okay, so these people are scavengers. They mm. live on this, this, um, probably they call it like the barge or something like that. Big floating junk pile. Exactly. And there are these planets all around that have old warships that are the size of cities that have mm-hmm. crashed into them and they're like okay we're going to do an expedition today mm-hmm. we're going to take our best flyer mm-hmm. down to the planet down to planet side covered in mutants and horrible creatures remnants mm-hmm. of the old war machines that are still like fighting things off but we need an energy core yeah you know the, the basic basic food pellets whatever mm-hmm. um and so they're like breaking through metal and and like grabbing things out and this plague is one of the complications that comes in to mess that up. Not only are they dealing yep. with, like, massive insectoid robots or... Yeah, like, you hmm. can literally have have um, these people get infected by this plague, come back, and everyone on the ship is like, oh my god, it's just a dead ship. Everyone, all the crew is entirely dead, and the mm. crew is just kind of like, we're fine. Rose, yeah, yeah, but people can't perceive that. That's cool, I okay. I don't know how the... I think we need to get into the logistics of this plague. Yeah. Because if they are... Well, like, how... do they seem undead then? Or, but... I'm thinking they literally just see bodies on the floor. They think they're dead, but then... Yeah. It, does that person then move around separately? Is it... Yeah. Is it a matter of maybe it just paralyzes you, but you're actually alive? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I think I think it's more interesting if they can move. I yeah. think that makes it. They're, then they're like a moving piece in this that is very strange. Then maybe it's beyond perception, and, yeah. and it comes into augment, or like augmentation. Yeah. Like well, there's there's sort of like two figures to the to the plague. It's like there's like an airborne, and then there's like a, a physical. So if you physically spread it, if you touch someone, then they are dead, mm. inverted commas. Um, but if someone is just like in the, breathing the air, then they're perceiving them as dead, right? Yeah. So they yeah. are also infected, but with a different part of it. I was thinking that someone needs to discover this mm. ship if, it, if the ship becomes infected in one of the stories, one of the, in the timeline, essentially. Mm. So is there like some sort of nearby like planetary alliance that is sort of these paladins of, of like culture or something like that I like calling them paladins yeah I think bringing that paladins kind of... is literally Voltron language as well like like it's D&D and language. the Dark Crystal and the Dark Crystal yes good point but it's what they what, that's what the, the yeah. people who are the Voltron things are the paladins I, but it's I, such a good vibe it is it's taking a, it's a, this old fantasy totally. historical thing and then putting it in like sci-fi crusader yeah is this a is this a very like so we've just made a homebrew setting for a short run D&D campaign that we're going doing and it's very which we've got to bring to here sometime I yeah we'll talk so about much. it so much it's the world is called Alter and it's it's cool um and uh it's science fantasy mm. is like the vibe I think um but very cyberpunk um yeah. is that the vibe that we're going for is it like swords like energy swords or is it actual like guns I'm thinking more like laser blasters and yeah, lightsabers yeah. and stuff like yeah, that but um, still like yeah that same vibe um, it, yeah I think it's similar I don't think whereas Alter is very technology I think yeah. I feel like this world ha- didn't didn't get that technology breakthrough and they're still yeah. just people trying to survive in their most basic form yeah. I don't I, yeah it's, it's a lot of like feels a bit more fire and trees and wood and stuff mm-hmm. Um, alongside of yeah. you've got a laser rifle right yeah. next to you, you more, know. yeah a bit um, bit more Star Wars yes but, yeah um, Star Wars is a huge Star Wars, this is but, very, yeah, Star Wars. It is very Star Wars it's like after the Empire sort of Star Wars like I guess it is kind of like the new trilogy um, if the new trilogy 
or a little more a anime. Little, a little more anime. <laughs> this is very anime. It's very one. anime, and I'm not a, against it. Let's lean I can, into yeah, it. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. Like a lot of our protagonists, I feel like are gonna be like these weird prodigies mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. stuff like that with some sort of psychic power oh, or yeah some definitely. sort of psionics or mm -hmm. yeah colorful like hair it's, yeah colorful hair psionics are we are we down for psychic oh, powers oh hell yeah, yeah. Okay, definitely that cool. that fits the vibe okay. well i think so yeah psionics all right we've got the paladins of the planetary alliance and we've got the scavengers um those are sort of our groups that we've got going at the moment are the Having a giggle? <laughs> the Paladins, Paladins of, of the, the Planetary Pal Alliance? Popa. <laughs> They're obviously called Popa. If we can find a synonym for alliance that starts with E, they will be called Pope. Um, <laughs> I think Popa sounds cute. Yeah, it I is I think people cute. make fun of them for it all the time. We're very cool, leave us alone. <laughs> Don't be mean to us. We'll kill you, shut up, leave me alone. <laughs> um, okay, so you've got the Palans, you've got these scavengers. How about, okay, these insectoid... Ants, right. Ants. Um, ants is definitely a... a an acronym? Yeah. Yeah. Um, alien... Nope, I can't think of anything. I'll, I'll find something. Yeah. Um, if I found something, it's in the Discord. <laughs> so, these, yeah, these insects are probably still around, but it's like, I reckon they're like... I reckon. I reckon... I think they're like, um probably like one of those things that reproduces really fast. Mm. That was the idea, is that these constructs, they find a resource and they build new mm. parts of themselves, they like break off part of them. Mm. Um, you know, they're not fully evil, they're just trying to survive. Yeah. Um, so they're probably still around. Maybe one of the stories is about like reactivating one of them um, in like a ruin. There's, they sent off uh, in the final days of the war, they're like, okay, we're sending off egg pods, you know. Mm -hmm. This ship is a nursery ship, and it's, we're going to crash it on one of the, the Dead Zone planets. And someone is scrapping for parts, and they uncover one of these eggs and start the war again, essentially. Oh, cool. I could even think about them like French and Penny trees, where you stick a limb in the ground and you sprout a new one, where they yeah. just find a ship full of all these, like, like these bits of these creatures, and like, ew. Mm. And they expose it to air, and so they start growing again. And oh, you... that's so cool. That's so cool. Like, they die and they don't, they're just like, this is temporary. Kind of like, yeah, again, back to the Crystal Gems, like, mm. they, they get, mm. um, what is it called? Popped or, or yeah. where they turn into a gem, yeah. um, and then they can just reform mm. after some time. But, but with these things, you cut off a leg and a new one grows yeah. from the leg yeah, and starfish. the old one grows back a leg. Yeah. So they're like, that's how they reproduce. They just cut one in half and yeah. it makes two. That's very cool. That's very cool. I'm sure it's exhausting for them and that's why they need to, like... Mm. Eat or just whatever. sucks then because yeah. that's an enemy you can't kill because you kill them and that just makes more of them. They've got a weakness, surely. Oh, that's well, something to find. Yeah. Okay, insect creatures. Fast reproduction, I guess, what? is important. What? Things don't ants like. Salt. No, that's worms. Could be. Salt is kind of weird though. Mm -hmm. I just think fire, but fire is very basic. It is. Yeah. There's something definitely that'll come up like iron. It could be very fey like. Mm -hmm. Fear of iron. Okay. So we've got sort of these very, like, classic um, archetypes of of this, like, setting. Yeah. What can we do to... Break that. Yes, exactly. Good. Like, move this into something new. Something more original, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's pretty original. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Let's have a look at our, our starting ideas. We've okay. got um, Neon Cyberpunk Space Pirates. The Space Pirates aspect, oh, I wrote down Big Heist. I feel like, I don't know if that can come into it. Mm. Sort of the Borderlands idea as well of, uh, like, I guess with our setting, we are kind of going for something classic if we're going mm. for like this 80s movie. Yeah, I think that, that, that's okay. Yeah, um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, um, I was also just thinking we can probably have the space pirates as a thing in the background and we might visit that story another time. Yeah, for sure. But, um, see how it ties in. It's very like faction oriented. Um, I feel like even possibly this could be a setting where a lot of our stories center around the same group of people you yeah. know, or, or a couple mm. groups. That are moving in sort of counter or with and along with one another contrast sort of thing which would be very very interesting um like you've got these uh very officious like the paladins who could be more like scientists sort of like the mm. um star trek vibe of them just like exploring the world and, and cataloging it yeah i like that mm. like explorers mm. cartographers okay we've got few things about this world well if there are like lots of species on this refugee mm. um place uh, where have all these species come from were there like lots of planets here um yeah that were like obliterated in this war and these are just the the remnants of species that are almost extinct like clinging to each other i think some of them probably 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 some of them are the descendants of war survivors like yeah their their ancestors are probably like great heroes in their minds even though they were just like people who didn't die yeah. in this war and ended up isolated yeah. in space there was soldiers who won the war and then didn't know what to do next so they just i mean won the war is an interesting idea did they win or was it mutually assured win? destruction i think it yeah maybe it sounds like mm. they just all blew each other up yeah and this is just what's left. Maybe some soldiers ran away, yeah. and yeah, you know that. That's I think that's an interesting faction. What if these paladins are seeking um, uh, retribution Ooh. for breaking uh, divine oath? Essentially, like, oh, you are the scavenger people. You are descended. Your your fathers and your fathers' fathers ran from a noble cause, and for that the world is or the, the universe is ruined yeah I, I was even just thinking then that could be a way that we structure social hierarchies that um what um the kind of um success of your ancestors oh, in this war cool. yeah. so it's like well my ancestor ran away or ran away and left their comrades to die and so therefore i am um an outcast or something like that's that that's cool so it's it's all the so, sins of the father so this know? this space station will find a word is is the a conglomeration of the descendants of cowards mm, that's these, cool these people who have been shunned from society and are just desperate to have anywhere to belong so they're belonging to each other what about okay this is an interesting idea that is completely out of the blue what if there is a way that you can tell implicitly who someone's parents are? Oh, I like that. What if there is like some sort of, it's okay. Writing off of this um, idea that we're talking about with the sort of plague uh, pheromone that is- Oh, I like that thing. word. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's what it is, that, right? Yeah. The ant pheromone. Maybe they um, didn't engineer it, it's just a natural thing. Yeah, anyway. so maybe the 
uh, I want to say like the alliance side, the non-insect side of this war, and there were probably multiple factions in the oh, war, yeah. and we'll get to that later, had... Okay, here's my idea. Um, we were talking about Sensate before, and it's sort of inspired by... I was talking about how in Sensate, you can share your abilities. Mm. You have the abilities of your ancestors. Yeah. You have their memories and their skills and things because of this pheromone that like inhabits you and you can pass it on to your children and stuff like that and that means you know the shame of your ancestors the like and every generation the warriors get more and more powerful memories hereditary exactly (sighs) but i think you have to like unlock it throughout Mm. your life and that can be like the psionic powers you know Mm. it's like oh my ancestor had psionic powers i still have those but i need to work out i need to like live through key moments in their life or, like, imitate them. We can, yeah, we can take off, like, uh, the Steven Universe movie of when you yes. experience something similar to that, you unlock you that unlock part that memory. Of that memory. Yep. yep, okay. Um, and so I'm, 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 so I'm guessing this is probably a different species than these ant ones. There's some kind of creature that's particularly psionic. I think the idea is that the, um, they took, like, this ant pheromone uh, and genetically engineered it to mm-hmm. do this thing and then just gave it to everyone on the mm-hmm. good the inverted commas good team mm-hmm. of this alliance the human alliance mm-hmm. and so now no matter what race you are mm-hmm. everyone has this thing and that's what the hierarchy is based off of it's okay. like you are a um a reincarnation kind of you mm-hmm. know we're all the avatar mm-hmm. um everyone's a reincarnation of your your the past sins of your ancestors are literal because it's like you remember that it's yeah. basically the same it's how they see it memory mm-hmm. is the same as like culpability in uh, I think it's the word. Like you are, you did that thing because you remember it. Yeah, you remember yeah, yeah. doing it. Some people don't remember doing it, and that's the problem. It's like your ancestor killed my ancestors. Like yeah, but I don't remember that. You do. I don't. Yeah, I can see so many interesting things coming into it then of of running into someone that a past ancestor was like married to or something. Is like that's so cool. I don't know because I've never. I myself technically have never had a relationship with you, yeah. but I remember this and I kind of feel like I should, but I also yeah. don't want to. Yeah. Stuff like that. It then... could be very cool then, like, uh, th- this protagonist group of really anime, uh, like, teens or whatever mm. it is. Probably not teens. 18 plus. It could be teens. It could be teens, but yeah. Um, is, like, some of them it's like, oh, our ancestors fought together in the mm. war. And we, they don't find that out until later, you know. They so we formed a band. Memory. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, God, that's cool. Okay, okay, I like They're definitely that. a band. They're... They're a garage band. That's so cool. <laughs> They're a ska band. They're a big grunge punk situation. Oh, yeah, situation. okay, it's happening it's now. It's trash punk, and yes. it's real cool. I'm just going to write that down. But I was also just thinking, I mean, these are still just people, but they're every time a new generation um, comes around they're taking on the memories of so many more people like physically I think is this are people going to be capable of this like what if oh that you that's I think that's the the, the limitation of it is you can only hold so much in your head yeah um so you can only it's like unlocking abilities like in Mm. a skill tree you gotta get rid of something Or, or more so like you've only got 20 skill points to spend got to get the right ancestors yeah if you get your shitty ancestor who did nothing with their life Mm. because you don't learn from okay so say your ancestor was a really good swordsman Mm. and then a couple generations later another of your ancestors learned to be a really good swordsman by using 
that ancestor, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you unlock the memories of Ancestor B, mm. you don't get to be a good swordsman, because that's Ancestor A's ability, mm. right? It's tied to the originator of the skill. So oh, you won't pass anything on unless you learn it. Yeah. Um, individual, like, which means if you've got one really good ancestor who is really good at everything, mm. you want to get that one. Yeah. Especially if you've got a lot of other really bad ones, which is kind of a weird system. Yeah. But I think it's fun. Yeah, I think yeah. it's really fun. Totally. And, and it's very anime. Yes. It's very... It is super anime. It's very like... I love it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's like, you know, psychic powers and like people learning feats of strength beyond physical limitation and mm. stuff like that. These are all things that you can learn, but also like knowledge, like um, history and stuff like that. There's probably like a seer character whose oh, awesome. ancestors were all it. historians. And so they have like visions and flashbacks of just learning moments from their ancestors' histories. Oh, that's cool. This is really cool. That's awesome. I think we've made it something unique. This is really, this is now. nice. Yeah. Have you thought of a name at all? Oh, uh, any this. sort of idea? Neon was my first thought mm. because I think it just captures everything about the setting, but I don't know. Do you mind if I take a minute to think take about as long it? As you need. Okay, I'm gonna. Pause. I'm voting for Rap Bunko because I think Rap Bunko is cool as Okay, well, let's go with that. If I have any other ideas, it's I'll a let working you know. title. It's always a working okay, title. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, so for now, this setting is called Rap Bunko, and mm -hmm. I think we have most of what we need to run some stories in it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little different. It's a little bit of a different one. Yeah. I very much like it. Me too. Okay. Welcome to the Sky Machine, the podcast plagued by audio problems. Oh, oh you mean every podcast ever? Touche, touche. It's um, oh, that's uh, in one of my favorite podcasts. Um, a hello from the Magic Tavern. Every time they have audio problems, like if they do a live show or something, a witch comes out at the start and curses the podcast with oh, audio awesome. problems. <laughs> it's really that's a nice good. Cover. It's clever. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, welcome to the Sky Machine. Say the thing. Well, oh, oh no! No, no, no the, just the normal thing, not the. <laughs> okay, God, because I have. Ugh. You don't have one of those. I prepared. completely forgot. I could think of something on the spot. No, no, that's okay. But yeah, just say the normal thing. Welcome to the Sky Machine, a collective world building podcast about dynamic. No, I stumbled over that one. <gasps> you messed it up. Even you are fallible. Oh no. <laughs> You're human too. Welcome to the Sky Machine, a collective world building podcast about dynamic. Collaborative. No, that's no. not the right word. It's fantastical. Oh my god. This is Dynamic, <laughs> fantastical, and concise storytelling. I remembered it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Sky Machine. <laughs> I'm Alice or Dylan. Um, then I'm uh, Jasper or Alicia. Mm -hmm. And yes. This is uh, an episode titled Junker. Uh, yeah. I think that's what the world is called. The yeah. story itself is called The Long Way Around. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, uh, which is, um, uh, we haven't been able to record the story yet, so we'll see how that goes, mm -hmm. um, as, uh, as of right now, but mm -hmm. it is a good one. Um, the world is, is very different from the ones that we've done in the past, obviously. Yeah, that's how they, it goes. They all are. Um, it was a really interesting idea, um, bringing together these sort of, like, cool themes of, like, heroism and, uh, Lasers. And lasers. This is actually the third short story that yeah. we wrote for this world. Yeah, because we the went first through a two lot was like iterations. Uh, didn't, yeah. uh, struggling to get the tone right. Mm, yeah, they were very like um 
dismal sort of uh, yeah. stories of loss and longing, yeah. which I think are still good stories in this setting. I think they're still in the world. Those things still yeah. happen. It's just that for our first introductory yeah. story to this world, we needed to match the tone of the world. Yeah, it's, which, it's funny. Like we, yeah. we said early on that we don't want to write stories that are introductions to the world because yeah. that's there's too much stuff and the world building exists to do that. Mm. But we do want to have stories that are that like key you into the themes and the tone and yeah. stuff like that mm -hmm. so i think the story that we landed on is way better for that it's it's like yeah. really um grand sweeping and and uh, has a lot of like it's a lot more colorful a lot more colorful yeah in terms of the um the stuff that happens mm -hmm. and also the characters i think that they are really uh colorful like dynamic characters mm. and there's like a, a repartee between the two of them that's really cool yeah um so yeah it turned out really really well well we'll see how the recording goes yes but um yeah we've just been trying to record and everything has been against us yes yeah definitely yeah so if this episode goes up late sorry um but uh we want it to be good like we yeah. always want these things to be uh, as pal polished as possible yes definitely mm. um i want to talk about a thing that yes. i really like at the moment oh, which yes. i we both listened oh, yes. to yesterday, yes, yes, yes. which was um, the podcast uh, "The Edge of Sleep." Mm -hmm. uh, it's fantastic. It's so good, yeah. and it it is now um, my goal as to what I want this podcast to eventually kind For of sure. sound like. Mm. It's uh, so this... polished. Oh, and it's so beautiful. Perfect. They do really nice balancing things. Like I remember, I was listening to the first episode, and one of the characters like rolled around the room on a wheelie chair mm. and it moved from my left ear to my right ear so and I have these really nice noise cancelling headphones and I'm like well I can't listen to this podcast in any other way this is the first time I've fully appreciated how good these headphones are because yeah. I was like oh my god that's so immersive mm. yeah, sorry you can probably hear my dog running around oh look she's a she's the third like how New York is the the, the fifth girl she's mm -hmm. the third member of this podcast yes definitely um but yeah no it's it's such an amazingly well-written podcast yeah um, it's it's well written the sound design is fantastic yeah. the voice acting is really yeah, really so good. good and i'm not just saying that because i love markiplier yeah it's it's also <laughs> just like really um really well done um i like that markiplier like I, he was in a ninja sex party oh no it was starbomb a starbomb album and i just didn't know it was him because he's very good at like projecting his voice in a way that doesn't sound like him yeah um and he it was it, like he shifts between the character voice and the narration voice mm -hmm really interestingly yeah um and it, it's very well done um but yeah it's such a cool all of the characters are really like interesting and i'm yeah. intrigued with the story i want to see where it goes but um yeah it's, it's such a cool weird concept yeah 100 like i was i was walking to a friend's house while i was listening to it and the streets were completely empty and it was terrifying yeah. just looking around and because it feels so so immersive yeah for sure Oh, and like I was, I was listening to it last night as I was going to sleep, and I was like, "Should I?" <laughs> Should I? <laughs> um, yeah, it took me a, took me a little while. Um, I usually don't get spooked by these things, so yeah, it's really good. Yes, well, that's fantastic. It's very well done. Yeah, that's my um, good example of world building and storytelling for yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Well, look, I would. All I've been doing is watching. Um, I just finished the Dark Crystal. Finally, mm -hmm. and was able to finish it. Um, but other than that, I've been watching Hannibal, um, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. I've been watching it for ages as well. Um, and it's really interesting that they've gone into the third season and it's a complete, like each season is sort of a shift. Um, uh, the, the first one is 
a standard formula of like trying to catch a, a series of killers and mm-hmm. but by the third one they're off traveling and, and moving through all these like foreign landscapes and and stuff and it's, oh, it's yeah. really interesting um to see how that they've brought that in it's it's sort of like i feel like some people might have bounced off of the third season because it's very different to the original season. It's like mm-hmm. how the good place always changes their formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot to be admired in the fact that they've changed the formula, but it's still a good formula. Yeah, it's yeah, still fantastic. as strong as the first one, hmm. um, which is very admirable. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have any tips or tricks for this week? Oh, I did. I had one in mind. Wait, no, let me think. Um... Okay, so my tip for this week is a bit uh, strange, as all of us tend to be. Um, I do a linguistics course, and we were talking about um, the maxims of conversation. And these are the sort of unspoken, unknown rules. Um, it's like a, a particular theory of how language works, how conversation works. Um, and you can break these rules um, to uh, shift information. And it's essentially like it's like talking about how lying works and and how providing misinformation works. But um, related to that is uh, something called elocutionary force. Um, And I don't know the exact definition, but um, the example that was given to us was um, a sentence saying, this model is more expensive, but it has an Athlon 4 processor. I don't know what an Athlon 4 processor is, but I know that it's good because of the elocutionary force of that sentence. Oh, I get it. Okay, cool. I don't need to... You don't need to explain to me what an Athlon processor is, or you don't need to have a, sen- a bit at the end of that saying, and w- which is obviously a better processor, mm. because the elocutionary force of the sentence explains to you, easily enough, this is a good thing. And that is, I think, something that you need to focus on in like this sort of world building. Mm. Um, uh, there's a line in the short story where we talk about the fuel. Yeah. And you don't need to say what the fuel is, because the elocutionary force of the sentence says that the fuel... Sorry, continue. No, no, no. Just, I was just waiting for you to. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, no! I was gonna say there, there, there's a line like supplementary anthropod gluon crews are detected, where those are just some random words jumbled yep. together. Yep. But you're like, okay, this is a big scary spaceship. It is the the, con- the context of the sentence is what informs the meaning, as opposed to having to be uh, having a, a line of dialogue say like, "That's a big bad evil ship." Flux capacitor. Exactly, exactly. It, it's it's very related to uh, sci-fi babble and fantasy babble, mm. which are things that I absolutely love to yeah. just throw around mm-hmm. because they are meaningless. Um, but it is their context that gives them meaning. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I really love when playing D anD D to just call things like an arcane core mm. or something along those lines, and it's like, what is that? It, it's nothing it, it doesn't matter the elocutionary force of its name and it's it's like context means that there is like it's not just called like a, a battery or something or a power source it, it has a name and people know what that name is and so there must be a history and there must be it's sort of related to the um there's a thing called the troll's blood conundrum i've probably talked to you about it before i don't know if i mentioned on the po- i don't think i mentioned on the podcast but it is where you uh, the, the classic example is um you want to describe something as tennis ball green, mm. but it's a fantasy world and tennis balls don't exist. So you describe it as troll's blood. Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you accidentally, or, or sort of by proxy, um, do some world building um, uh, where you explain that troll's blood is green by describing the field as troll's mm. blood green or something like that, or this, this magical sword. Um, and another classic example is the Lord of the Rings film 
mm-hmm. when um, Gimli has his axe lodged in an orc's head and then Legolas shoots it and he, he says that that doesn't count as your kill or whatever um, he was he was twitching that's because my axe is lodged in his nervous system dwarves now know what a nervous system is and yes. Gimli son of Gloin also knows what a nervous system mm-hmm. is and that leads people to make jokes about Gimli son of Gloin MD <laughs> um, <laughs> oh brilliant yeah okay. so there's there's a lot of things and also um, I was reading a whole article about it yesterday about um, the line meets back on the menu boys how mm-hmm. it destroys and it was a, it was a Twitter they know thing. what a, they they have they menus have menu, they have restaurants they have yeah they have meat <laughs> they they um uh have a concept of like a food service industry um, oh my god which means there are orcs that work at a food service industry um which means they're probably like orc janitors baristas yeah exactly like <laughs> oh like, this is wonderful and it destroys the entire pathos of like Tolkien was very insistent that orcs were pure evil mm. and that it was it was sort of like there was no they were just like beings of, of hatred and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. They, they worked with the devil essentially yeah um, and that was the the black and white world that he wanted to run in and mm. then the the, the, the complex the complexity came from the emotions that they felt about war not well not the orcs but the, the humans and the mm. halflings and stuff felt about war and how war was very bad and blah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and that one line um, destroys that whole thing yeah um in a very subtle way because of the yeah illocutionary force i don't even know but if i'm using that it's correctly funny. But it's so funny it's <laughs> so good but using that sort of stuff and i think we we i think we have talked about this sort of thing before because in the first story we had yeah, i had there, uh, there were some issues issues there where it was like implying the existence of, of other things and it's something like that ninjas I, exactly ninjas uh, uh, was the example originally so, she was compared to a ninja rather than a, a grasshopper yeah but then we had to go well do ninjas yeah. exist here which is what's cool is like you see these things and they are not opportunities for correction they're opportunities for world building because mm. now a grasshopper is a significant thing in the world yeah. what is that I don't know we'll find out mm-hmm. like um, it'll probably end up being something important and just taking those opportunities wherever you can obviously not too much because then it just becomes like oh none of this means yeah. anything to imply the existence of things outside of like have characters talk normally yeah you know like they don't need to explain things to each other because they do but it's just like the context of the sentence yeah. uh, uh, gives you all of the explanation you need hmm. unless you're stupid i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah that's that's my that's my weird little tip fantastic um once again mine isn't original i hey the few are true okay um mine this week actually comes from movember oh good my brother my brother and me because uh, I'm slowly listening backwards. Mm-hmm. I'm up to episode 311, mm-hmm. uh, which is called Amber is the Color of Our Energy. Oh, yeah. Um, and on this episode, Patrick Rothfuss joined oh, them. My boy. And was talking about um, storytelling and stuff. And he made a point that I really liked, mm-hmm. which is um, he was talking about how um, lots of people, when they get into world building, because of they've seen Tolkien's work and stuff like that. They go, well, we need to make lots of maps. Maps are a big thing yeah. and developing all of this uh, intricate geography and stuff like that. And he says, um, oh, you don't have to. It's because that shines in his work because that is what he was passionate about. Yeah. He highlighted the stuff he was passionate about in his world. And Patrick Rothfuss was talking about how he loves coinage and yes. stuff like that. So he put lots of development into the monetary systems yeah. in his world. In, uh, in The Name of the Wind, because I, I remember this example, um, he was, it was talked about how Tolkien 
people are like, well, we have to make lots of Elvedon languages because mm. Tolkien made all these languages. But Tolkien was a linguist. Yeah. That was his interest. Mm. It just so happens that my two interests are maps and language. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, um, in um, The Name of the Wind or The, the Kingkiller Chronicles, um, he talks about, it's really cool because he also has an interest in, ling- in linguistics. Mm. Um, but also, yeah, coinage. He loves coinage. Um, the silver coins are called talents mm. um so that's like there's a gold coin silver coins gold coins whatever mm. um and they all have different names so the silver ones are called talents there is a specific bar in this world it's like the most famous bar sort of thing where if you play there i don't remember the exact circumstances but you can become like a patron of this bar and when you do they give you a silver earring that is a set of like oh silver silver you can wear it as a necklace whatever but mm-hmm. it's a set of like pan pipes and it's called your talent um because of the coin and when you become talented mm-hmm. um that is that means that you're incredible and that's where the word talented comes from oh, cool. in this world that's he's, awesome. he's like reverse engineered an english word wow he also does that for wine um mm. Uh, there's, you know, the word vintage. Mm. Um, he There's a place called Vintas. Um, mm. And so the wine's vintage, uh, or its vint, is in relation to its, its like, origin from Vintas. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and wow. it's cool, but now it's come to mean what we understand the word vintage to mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there's, like, a line where one of the characters says, well, it's not a true vintage because it's not from Vintas. Mm. Um, and it's very cool. He does these very subtle little things. That's awesome. Yeah, like, um, in my world building, I love deities mm. i i find that really interesting and magic systems because yes. i i find magic and and gods all of that stuff very very interesting yeah me too that's why in the world that i'm currently running mm-hmm. my campaign called aura bound it um uh the uh magic is outlawed in these kingdoms and you yeah. can be executed for using it and mm. um that's, I think, a very pivotal point in the campaign of for having sure. all of... Because uh, everyone in our party all, all, uses yeah, magic. All four of us um, uh, are spellcasters. Yeah, two of which are still keeping it hidden from the other two. Yeah. And I think that's... Yeah. Hmm. Pip just regularly forgets yeah. that it's outlawed. <laughs> Even though it's also outlawed in the country that he's, he comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just... I mean, it's a little, little less... A little less, yeah. A little more severe. But yeah, I think your point is to... Find what you like yep. and and work with that in your yep. world because when you're putting something that you're really really passionate about in it that that's yeah. going to shine through and that's what makes it amazing. Yeah. Not necessarily your attention to detail, but yeah, the uh, the the love and the effort that you put into what you're making. I always I do that when I when I DM with linguistics a lot. Mm. Like if someone is talking in a language that isn't the common tongue, mm. I will tell them like I'll speak to them in that in that character, but I'll say the word that they use there doesn't perfectly translate to what I just said in English. Mm. It's more like, you know, it, it has multiple meanings. It means more like war and stuff like that. It can mm. be interpreted. Or it's a lot softer than I than it sounds like. Mm. Um, like he said, I'm going to kill you, but it, it's it's in Orcish culture that is a term of affection. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's um, it's very important to me um, to have that sort of diversity of, of, of language. And so that I'm like, okay, these characters took multiple languages in their character backstory. I want that to be important. I yeah, want that yeah. to be special and and have like a place of meaning. I play a halfling and in the lore, the place handbook lore, they say that halflings are very protective of their language. Hmm. Um, that, that it is secretive. So every time I make a character, I think it's so interesting to take halfling because it implicitly means that halflings trust me. Yeah, yeah. Um, or they mistrust me. They think that I'm a thief. I'm a language thief. They're like, you've taken our culture by taking our language. Hmm. Um, uh, and it's it's... I think that's really interesting. 
Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Hmm. Good tip. That's cool. cool. Thank you, Patrick Rothfuss. Have you read The Name of the Wind? Because have it and you should. Okay. It's incredible. I Everyone will. else out there, Name of the Wind um, and Wise Man's Fear, read them. You have some time because the third book's not coming out anytime soon. He's too busy playing D&D. Uh, he plays uh, a few characters. Uh, he plays um, Viari on Acquisitions Incorporated, and on Acquisitions Incorporated, the C team. He plays Drevis Beestinger, who is I think he's like six classes at the point that I'm listening to. He just took Paladin. Nice. Um, and he's also like a wizard. I've and always wanted to do that. I just know. do one of everything. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, I love Patrick Rothfuss. He's just a beautiful man. Um, Go and check out his charity, World Building. Uh, world Builders, I think it's called. Yeah, World Builders. Um, yeah, he's a good guy. Awesome. Okay, do we have anything else we needed to cover? Um, um, our next episode is once again going to be on big trees, which... Yes. <laughs> that's not the name of the world. We'll figure it well, out. It might It's not be. what they call it in fiction, but they don't, they don't call Belladonna Belladonna either, you know. Well, they do. They don't uh, call no, the sorry, world sorry, They don't call the world yet, yeah, um, <laughs> but they do call Belladonna. That, that's true. Yeah, we'll find out. That was a bad comparison. It's, it, yeah, sorry. It made sense in my head. Language, see? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll make up some sort of fun fantasy name. Hey, if you have any ideas, let us know. Um, mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah. So great. you can jump in our Discord. You can message us on Instagram or on Facebook. Mm. Just feel bold, yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. No, no wrong answers. No... 100%. Misplaced messages. Yeah, we want this to be collective. We want we want your input. And exactly. Like, if you have any ideas about big trees, whether it's just like, it gave me a vibe of this thing yeah, I like. for sure. Um, we had some people talk about Belladonna. Um, there was an anime, I don't remember the name I of think. it, that one of the one of the people in the Discord was like, oh, the, this really reminds me of um, this anime that I've been watching. Which is awesome, and I'm going to watch it now. Yeah, do it. Um, for sure. And yeah, that, that sort of stuff is really cool. Um... Because it gives us more sources of inspiration to draw on. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Cool. I think that'll do us. Yeah, that'll do us. Keep it short and sweet. Yep. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you next time. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.